0: Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 726, if I doubt it. I'm your host, Jesse Dalamore. joined today by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody.
1: We recently had a podcast anniversary. We did. And we did absolutely nothing to commemorate the occasion. Much
0: like every other anniversary in our lives, (laughs) Brittany (laughs) Bates.
1: Well, based on memories on uh, Facebook, we have posted about it in the past. A little bit, yeah. So that is one way that we were able to remember it. But it is the seventh year? Seventh year. The seventh year of the podcast.
0: Now we are working on our eighth year.
1: Yes. So very exciting.
0: I think it would be exciting to maybe read some reviews. To honor oh, oh, that have that have been read over the course or written over the course of of uh seven years of doing the show.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's it's something that we don't we don't pay attention to as much. I I, I can't remember the last time I went to the iTunes or I the Apple Apple Podcast o- to read the reviews. We've
0: been doing it so long; they changed the name of the goddamn platform.
1: And I still <laughs> can't remember what they changed it to. Well,
0: in the beginning, I was neurotic about reading reviews. In the beginning, y- oh yeah, like for when sure. we
1: when we very first start the first year, the first two years, mm, the well,
0: not two years, probably, but for sure, the first year, uh huh, like daily, yeah. Did somebody write a new review? Yeah. You know?
1: It's strange because I I think that I normally would read the reviews and care quite a bit, but I just I don't, and I don't know why I don't read the reviews all the time. I love
0: them. I mean, uh, now I check. Once a month, I'll check to see if we get a new one. We There's a service that I get emails from now, so I don't yeah. have to go and look, but...
1: Well, here's the thing, and I I, I don't want to sound like a dick with what I just said there. If they were all positive all the time and just like glowing and very kind, I think that I would probably spend more time immersing myself in that that compliment bucket. But because it's not necessarily that, right. I and it's not as bad as YouTube comments.
0: Oh, no way. Right? No. Because
1: you actually like have to take time, go find the podcast in the podcatcher click write a review, click the star rating. Like, there's a few steps. Right,
0: right. With if you're YouTube, gonna,
1: you just comment.
0: <laughs> if you're going to lodge a complaint, I'm going to write the manager. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, it's not just uh, as easy as spouting off. There's, there's a process. Yeah. So, well, here's, we, we briefly mentioned, I briefly mentioned this, this recent one. Um, the headline, not too informative. This is a two-star review. Brittany Page.
1: Ooh, two stars out of five stars, That's right? right.
0: Not too informative. I like the YouTube channel, but the podcast meanders about personal stuff. Mm. I keep expecting more news mm, information, but I have to listen for a long time to get the point. <laughs> I've subscribed mm, unsubbed many times. Oh. Maybe they think it's going to change.
1: <laughs> they keep hoping. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So
1: it's not going to,
0: but it's not all bad. That's what there's, they said. There's good, no, there's good reviews. Oh,
1: I thought that you were referencing they were <laughs> continuing and like it's not all bad. Oh, no. no,
0: I mean, it's not all bad. It was, it was a two star. I mean, we're worthy of. Not just one.
1: Yeah. Well, we had a five-star review here from uh, Chelsea P. Informative, funny, and personable podcast. Brittany and Jesse are both very entertaining and easy to listen to. I generally agree with them most of the time, but even when I don't, I know I can always call in and move the conversation forward. Mm. Very nice.
0: Yeah. Super nice. Oh, here's a good one. One star.
1: Oh. Brittany Page.
0: (laughs) Terrible. Oh. Oh. Is the headline interesting? They claim to want to quote move the conversation forward.
1: Ooh! Yet are
0: in favor of deplatforming those who show dissent in any way. Mm. Politicians, comedians, public intellectuals at all. Nobody is immune from their accusations of racism, sexism, etc. This is my insight here. Uh, nobody's immune, especially racists, sexists etc. Right, right. Uh I remember when they used to take the piss out of into, uh, evangelicals. Hmm. Now they carefully stay away from certain topics, which is clearly to appease their black audience.
1: Oh.
0: Oh. I wish I had a like a racist siren or whistle to play.
1: <laughs> Do your
0: Um, now they carefully stay away from certain topics to clearly appease their black audience. Jesus. Same reason they've moved so far left to appease the audience. Not saying their views haven't changed. I'm saying they've changed for the worse.
1: You know, this is one of those moments where (laughs) I always say, I don't care if, if bad people don't like me. Like, why would I care Mm -hmm. that someone who's a bad person? Yeah uh is disloyal is shady why would i want someone like that to like think highly of i don't care i don't care so this is kind of one of those examples like clearly reading this review we can glean what type of person this is yeah 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 and i'm happy that they <laughs> feel there's not a home for them on this podcast
0: we should do like very bad wizards did and create a coffee mug or something with yeah. one star and then the 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 headline terrible with that quote that uh they want to appe- um they want to appease their black audience and have that be on the on the mug
1: well and Jesus. it's it's also funny cuz sometimes we get these like oh you don't accept dissent and what it is is people feeling like they have a right to be platformed and oh, yeah, you know, if you aren't relevant or you're saying dumb things or we don't care about what you say because you're hateful, like those are things that we're not going to be putting on the show.
0: Well, especially because this is our platform.
1: Yeah. So
0: and listen, and
1: I think clearly, do, <laughs> based on that review, we know uh, what we're going to be getting. I
0: think we do a, a very good job of of I mean, we invite dissent. We're not. This isn't like some fucking echo chamber.
1: Well, when's the last time we talked about uh, evangelicals, by the way? We we never criticized Christianity. (laughs) Last episode. Yeah, you know us. Always propping up Christianity. Never a bad (laughs) word to say, please. We've really
0: gone very easy on the Catholic Church and their child rape... Problem.
1: Well, and I I think people get confused because we helped my former pastor, Mark Trailer, start his podcast, Christianity Without the Crap. But that doesn't mean that we have stopped talking about our issues and concerns with religion. In fact, we just spent a great deal of time talking about a Christian pastor on the previous episode. That's right. So
0: So let me read these two two one starts super once like one one line. Uh, this one, more team stuff. If you're into identity politics and groupthink, you will love this podcast. Rah, rah, for the divided and conquered. And then this one, in- intellectually vapid. I gave this podcast a try, but good Lord, is it this a circle jerk echo chamber of the worst kind? Oh, and that one's from Donald J. Trump 2016.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, the one star reviews certainly have a theme going here. They're concerned about how often we're talking about race issues. Yeah, exactly. uh, How often we're talking about inequality in many different forms, including gender inequality. So uh, we're we're seeing a theme here and what people don't like. (laughs) Can
0: I read this one line too? Uh, one star, I squelch it. Basically a over white middle aged white guy and his babbling Barbie girl counterpart spewing pseudo intellectual nonsense, blah blah blah. Perfect. <laughs> so read one more and then I've got one paragraph of a long review that I'm gonna read that uh is really pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs>
1: Well, this one is from M. Holloway. Excellent podcast. I thoroughly enjoy this podcast. Jesse is not afraid to show his feelings, even while being very informative and entertaining. Brittany is the calm contrast to Jesse, but she is not afraid to let her opinion be known. The conversations are great, and I miss the time that they had to take a break for family. I understand supporting family, but I am really glad to have them back. Jesse is great, but Brittany is the best part.
0: Yes. See, that's... That's nice. <laughs> that's real nice.
1: No, no further comments on that one.
0: No, I mean, I love. Listen, <laughs> that's like a warm blanket. Who yeah. doesn't love a warm blanket on a cool on a cold, on a cold day? Oh yeah, not just a cool a cool day. Yeah. So here's here's the three star one, and I think we should end with this one. I'm going to read the first sentence of the review because it's very long. It's probably. A thousand words or eight hundred words. They
1: wrote or an essay. It's about very long.
0: The- <laughs> One, two, three, four paragraphs. Oh, wow. Long
1: paragraphs.
0: Okay. Uh, three star somewhere between okay and good. It's going downhill. <laughs> That's the title of the review. Oh
2: my god. Uh, over the
0: over the last couple months, I've become more and more disinterested in this podcast. <laughs> in the beginning, I doubt it had something that other podcasts were lacking. Opposing viewpoints. Uh, due to the hosts having different political leanings. That's mm. where, it, anyway, and it just goes from there. Um, so
1: this is an old review. I'm
0: always ma- looking to make the show better, they say, and sometimes it succeeds. Um, I don't know what went wrong, but it feels like they're pandering to get more listeners. Apparently that's a theme with uh, idiots. And then this is the last paragraph. All this aside, all these criticisms aside, Brittany Page, Brittany is absolutely not the b- the best part of the show. <laughs> She has quickly become the poster child of regressive liberalism, and political correctness is the only cup of tea she drinks when she's not whining about spiders (laughs) or some rare disease that she may have gotten because someone breathed too close to her when she was standing in line for a movie.
1: Oh, well, that person really has my number, huh? Yeah.
0: Also, this is from... (laughs) 2016.
1: Oh, that's great. July
0: of 2016. I wonder if um, this didn't really age well, that you (laughs) might get some ultra rare disease she may have gotten because someone breathed too close to her when she was standing in line for a movie. I
1: I want an apology from this person. They should have been listening to me all along.
0: Everyone should have been listening to you. Well, not about spiders. Spiders are great. But But certainly about the germ shit. I mean... You've been taking a victory lap uh, for a a year.
1: I have not been taking a victory lap. Oh, every
0: day. Do not say that. Every day. (laughs) Brittany Page. I was right. I was right. Right, 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 right. For sure.
1: Well, if I have been, that would prove that reviewer wrong, because that would not be very politically correct, now would it? <laughs> taking a victory lap every day while half a million people are dead. Yeah,
0: but clearly, you're not. I, I mean, we do live in an age where I have to say, just joking.
1: Well, no, it's fine. Brittany's we,
0: not really taking a victory lap.
1: I love these reviews, though. All of them. The ones that are criticism, the ones that are positive, because... <laughs> It's just funny to see how different people react. And, I mean, what's interesting about these people making accusations that we have changed to be more politically correct is they would like us to change and appease them. Yeah. Is what they would prefer.
0: Well, it's it's very interesting when, when one review says that we really do a good job and make effort to move the conversation forward. And then the other one says, yeah, and they say they're moving the conversation forward. But they won't use the N-word.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and I don't want to make that person happy. <laughs> I don't care about them liking the show. Yeah. There's just certain people that I don't care about making happy. And that's, that's the end of the story.
0: I mean, wh- listen, it, 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 <laughs> we'll end with this. There's a lot of people that I don't give a fiddling fuck about what their deal is. <laughs> I just don't. I, I don't like. I don't break bread with racists. And, and I'm not going to give space for it on the pro on the on the platform that we have spent so many years seven years cultivating and building and growing this community. So if you got a problem, leave it in the reviews, leave it in the comments.
1: Well, and that's that's even the part of it too where the reviewer said that he liked it in the beginning because we had a, opposing viewpoints, and I, I guess the implication there being that any changes that we make are somehow are somehow not genuine. And yeah. that is most certainly not the case. I mean, if you have if you've been learning from other people, if you've been reading, if you've been trying to engage in a very intellectually honest way with things that were outside of your experience for 7 years and you don't change. Yeah. I would think that's a problem, and that's really what we've tried to do on this show is try to see things from other people's perspective, try to learn every day, read every day, grow and improve, and some people don't like the changes that have happened. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to apologize for it.
0: Well, as I say often, go somewhere else. There's Ben Shapiro has a podcast.
1: Well, I'm sure that they already listen.
0: That's... You know, I mean, go listen to that little fuck. It, this isn't for you. We're not for everybody.
1: And that's, we're not for everybody. We are not. And that's okay. For everybody. And spiders are really scary, guys. And it's, you're going to hear about it sometimes. It's okay. <laughs> All right. It's important too.
0: So we would invite you to go leave your own review. <laughs> Maybe we'll do this another segment soon on reading some of the, the reviews. Not quite as long as this.
1: On our next anniversary?
0: Yeah. In another seven years, we'll read all <laughs> your reviews. So um, you can go to Apple Podcasts and rate review and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. <laughs> no profanity. Uh, l- let's get to some people who do think the show is moving the conversation forward because they left uh, some email, an email and some voicemails. I think we should start with the written prose.
1: I'm very conflicted and appreciate your comments slash advice. I've listened to your guys podcast and watched Jesse's YouTube videos for some time now, maybe over a year and a half. So I've come to appreciate both Jesse's and Brittany's perspectives. My name is Tyler. I'm 28. I live in Michigan. I'm currently living with my mother and stepfather. Since I have moved in with them in the past year, I have continued to be rejected by apartments as low as 650 because of my income and credit score. So for now, I'm stuck here until my situation improves. What bothers me is that my mother is a proud conservative Republican Trump supporter and has gotten into a confrontation with my sister, who is on her way to become a lawyer and wants to fight for racial justice. My sister has called out my mother for liking posts on Facebook that were provably false that claimed buses used by NBA were being used by BLM organizations to ship in rioters. My sister also debunked a very racist article my mother sent her filled with misinformation such as the police officers involved in the killing of George Floyd were executed the very next day. Jesus. Wow. Um, I have thus far believed her views were the products of misinformation, propaganda, and Fox News. However, I have always held out hope that she could be reached and realize what's actually happening. "'Since my sister and mother's confrontation on these examples given, my sister has refused to speak to my mother. "'Things have gotten very heated. Both of them have gotten loud and offended one another. "'My mother ended a conversation by saying, fuck you, to my sister's face and walking away. "'It's been a couple months since then, and my mother has tried to reconnect only once during that time by text message, "'but did so by being very dismissive of any responsibility, which my sister did not take well.'" My mother told me again recently that she wanted to reconnect with her daughter, and I told her if she wanted to speak with her, she would need to talk to her about racial issues and the events of 2020 in a civilized manner. I promised to assist in a moderator-like role to keep things cool and civil. I believed this would be an open dialogue and reconnect the two and be productive. At first, she was receptive to the proposition, but the next day, after I had convinced my sister of the idea, my mother was far more negative about it and was offended by the very idea of defending Defending and explaining her political beliefs. I find this so appalling. She won't defend and explain her political views in a discussion to reconnect with her own daughter. It's because of people like her and her views that enable white supremacy and racial injustice to continue, leading to the destruction and deaths of lives of black people and minorities alike. I can see why my sister doesn't want to speak to her either. I cannot tolerate this, but I rely on her for housing. I feel like I'm compromising my principles for not standing up to her. I feel gross and shameful for keeping quiet. Well,
0: these issues are always fraught with difficulty because it's family. Mhm. Um, and I'm I I want to say right off the bat, I'm not the one to give advice on this type of type of thing because my my take on it would be if like if it were me not telling someone to do it but it would be to it's just complicated because not because relying upon the mom for a place to live
1: well and that so that's my that's where i would start right yeah that you say that you feel gross and shameful for keeping quiet and you feel like you're compromising your principles listen tyler you're in a tough spot you're relying on someone for housing and you don't agree with someone's that person's values you don't agree with your mom's values and I I hear you that you want to be doing more you want to be saying more you want to be standing for your own principles trying to help her see a different a different way of being but that doesn't seem possible for her right now what's important is that you get to a place where you can meet your own needs and you can feel like you're in a place where you feel good about where you are, good in your station in life. And right now, it doesn't seem like Tyler feels that way. Yeah. So I think that's the most important thing that Tyler should be focusing on is what is it going to take for him to not feel like he's compromising his principles where he can be living independently outside of his mom's house and then he can worry about all these other issues about trying to help her see the light. Because right now, probably not going to happen for his mom. Yeah,
0: also, it doesn't sound like you're compromising your principles at all. You're supporting your sister. Right. You're not believing the nonsense. Right. You know, I mean, maybe you should go through your mom's phone history and find out if she was one of the ones who left our bad reviews. <laughs> but other than that, I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah. And delete them if she did. <laughs>
0: it is listen when you're dealing with family stuff it it is a tough it's a tough issue yeah. and i mean i'm estranged from my parents haven't spoken to them for 15 years seven i mean a long time a long long time and um i'm healthier for it so i'm i'm always it's tough for me to give advice on this because people hold bloods to such a high esteem where you know my my chosen family uh, Brett number one and 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 his wife Lisa and it just it, that is to me far more important and um, the bond is far stronger. Anyway,
1: well, and I I don't think Tyler is necessarily looking for advice about how to disconnect. It doesn't seem like that's even yeah. on his radar. In fact, he seems pretty upset by the fact that his mother and his sister have disconnected. Like he wants there to be yeah. unity in the family. And I think it it's positive for Tyler to hear what you just said, because maybe that unity isn't possible. And maybe that's something that is going to have to be accepted within the family is that politics can't be something that's talked about if there, if there is to be a relationship. Yeah. Right?
0: I, I mean, I look at it from the perspective of you, you shouldn't subject yourself to abuse. You You, you, you that's not a, just in the cards, it should there should be at some point a a decision that can be made, not should but can be made. Uh, that wow, this is. I'm not owed this. This is not uh, written in the stars that I have to just be abused consistently forever, in perpetuity. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Again, I, I wouldn't pressure you any way other than take care of yourself.
1: For sure, take care of yourself. Also, credit scores are a scam. Uh, yeah, do, do not attach your your self worth to your credit score. They are. A construct that was created to oppress people, and and (laughs) I don't want to get into that. They're all
0: different. The the algorithm of each credit bureau is completely different. Yeah, I
1: saw a tweet the other day. fucking nonsense. Someone said that their credit score jumped 17 points in the past two weeks, and that they did literally nothing different. It just went up. (laughs) Yeah. So... Hang in there, Tyler. Uh, we're happy that you wrote to us. We're, we hope that we were able to provide some semblance of a response that you appreciate. And we would invite the listeners, if they have feedback for you, to, to send that in. And we can forward it on to Tyler.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's get on to some voicemails. We really stuck, struck a nerve with uh, the audience about the, uh, the trophy wife pastor. What's his name again?
1: Pastor Stuart Allen Clark. Stuart
0: Allen. Clark. Clark. I'm writing it down because I want to be able to refer to it.
1: You forgot as, as his we name. Go along.
0: Oh, yeah. Super important guy in my life. Pastor Stuart Allen Clark, uh really really resonated with the audience and not in a real positive way. Here are a few calls about that.
2: Hi, this is Susan from Tennessee, and this is the first time I'm calling y'all, even though I have listened to you all for years. Um and I am a Patreon member, so I'm kinda nervous calling, but I, too, have a rage rash after listening (laughs) to that pastor fat shame women. Um, First off, Trump cheated on Melania. So being a trophy wife has nothing to do with it. And second, what gets me the most and what I'm desperately trying to teach my teenage children is that you are not responsible for someone else's actions. And women have been put in that position for so long, and it's maddening. Anyway, I'm going to go kind of, you know, take a walk, get rid of my rage rash. But I love you guys, and I think um, you're all the best part. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
0: Some advice for you, Brittany Page. Maybe taking a walk will rid you of the rage rash when you get it.
1: That is probably a good idea.
0: Or just jump on the Peloton.
1: Yeah, I probably <laughs> will do that.
0: Yeah, listen, uh, it, it there's... I don't know how people sat there in the congregation listening to that sermon and were, one, actually throwing him amens when he was begging for from the crowd.
1: Well, remember, it was the one guy, the one dude. Yeah. It's a very
0: Jeb Bush (laughs) moment, though. Yeah. Please clap, you know. Um, But it's just everything he said was nonsense nonsense. Like stuff you'd hear in the 1930s when they would have – you know, better homes and gardens guides for women on how to please your husband. Have a martini waiting for him when he gets like its little house or a uh, uh, leave it to Beaver. Well, you know, y-
1: you're you're making it seem like this was long ago. And I remember reading um, a Cosmopolitan article about how one way to reward your man for like successful work to make him feel more powerful is to have anal sex.
0: In Cosmopolitan?
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. This was probably. If your man's had a hard week at work, you know how you can boost his spirits? Let him get in your asshole.
1: It It's, uh, this was like a decade ago, over a decade ago. Oh,
0: oh, that, you know, that's. That's way in the past.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not trying to say it was way in the <laughs> no, past. I'm just I'm trying shocked. to give some reference. I'm for, shocked
0: at how contemporary that is.
1: Yeah, when I when I must have been reading this was probably a decade ago. I can't remember the last time I read a Cosmopolitan magazine. So it's been at least at least ten. Listen, years. we
0: all do things we're not proud of while we're waiting for a doctor's appointment, Brittany Page.
1: Well, thank you for trying to give me an out there, but I'm sure that I bought it ten years ago. <laughs> So uh, I probably saw one of the headlines. I'm like, oh, i going to buy this. So th- a lot of these ideas, and obviously with his sermon, they're still around. And this wasn't something that he just fell into, like a little aside in the sermon. He had a PowerPoint. I mean, All of these things that yeah. he talked about were planned. You
0: said he brought up a picture. I didn't watch it, but he brought up a picture of Melania.
1: Yeah, he had like PowerPoint slides with the clip art going. And Laser
0: pointer. It's all super, super high tech. He's
1: like, this presentation is going to pop off. It's going to be <laughs> so good. Everyone's going to love it. Everyone's going to really respond. I'm going to
0: go viral in all the best ways.
1: Next week, all of the women are going to walk in here looking like Melania Trump. It's going to be great.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, everybody in the boot hill of Missouri... Real Trumpian, in that way.
1: A lot of Trump love.
0: No, I'm just I'm saying there's not as easy access to plastic surgery. I see in the boot heel of the Missouri. Yeah, or Missouri, mm. as they say in the Show Me State. Thank you, Susan, for the call. We appreciate it very much. Uh, on to Logan.
3: Hey Jesse. Hey Brittany. Hey Popeye. It's Logan from Oklahoma um listening to episode 725 and the whole rant with the preacher on women's appearances man it just doesn't make fucking sense to me i get it you're not attracted to what you're not attracted to you're attracted to what you're attracted to however comma what the fuck <laughs> I'm sitting here in a relationship with the love of my life for over two and a half years, and, yeah, her hair can be a little greasy. She can gain a few pounds or lose a few pounds. You know what? I love her no matter what. I think she's the most beautiful woman that I've ever been with, that exists in the room that I'm in when we're out and about. I don't understand this whole needing arm candy. Uh, It's just like having a trophy wife, like you guys mentioned. A trophy wife is only going to be a trophy wife for a little while if there isn't love. And that goes for everybody. A trophy wife or a trophy husband or a trophy this, that, or the other, I am all-inclusive to my Alphabet Mafia teammates and friends. I, I just don't fucking get it. Man, I'm so tired of this damn near alt-right bullshit. Anyway, this preacher's an asshole. He shouldn't be a preacher anymore because that is not the word of God. That is not the word of Jesus Christ. This is coming from an agnostic who grew up very conservative Christian. That is not Jesus. At all. So It's, It's Paul, though. You know what? Fuck that, dude. Uh, I love you guys, all three of you. Brittany, Jesse, Popeye, you're all the best part, and I love all three of you.
0: Thank you, Logan. We appreciate the love. We we, we send it back. L- let me say this. Listen, if you married your partner because of their physical appearance, maybe, just maybe, you went into it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Maybe if your partner gaining a few pounds... Or wrinkling in ways that aren't attractive to you physically. (laughs) Maybe you're in it for the wrong motivations. But to the point of uh, those not being the words of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, they're not the words of Jesus. But they certainly are the words of Paul. Paul and his letters to the Corinthians, I believe. Talking about women keeping their mouths shut. Their heads covered. If you got a question about what was said in church. About what was taught in a message. And take it home and talk to your husband about it later because he's the spiritual head of the household. He's the intellect. He's the brains of the operation, which is really the gospel. That is the, the, the type of religion that uh, Pastor Stuart Allen Clark is teaching when he says that women don't have the capacity to understand how visual men are. They don't got the brain power, they don't have the cognitive ability to, to process just how visual. Men are uh, not good. Not good.
1: Well, and I, I like how Logan mentioned the thing about uh, love being important. And I mean, it's it's interesting that conservatives talk so much about marriage and family
0: values. Family values. Yeah. But then
1: you also have this. Like, if you aren't keeping your ass tight, your (laughs) husband is gonna go find someone else. Like, it's a very weird juxtaposition because, for all of the family values talk and the importance of marriage, there should be more emphasis on being in a relationship that is fulfilling in ways beyond physical appearance. Everyone's going to age, everyone's gonna get old, everyone's gonna gain some weight those things are going to happen. And so it seems like the family values, Christian conservatives would place more emphasis on being accepting of the normal changes that come with aging and how to grow in your relationship and make the bond even deeper in the face of those changes. The
0: changes that have been imparted upon you by your God. Yeah. The natural cycle that God created apparently isn't good enough. For Pastor Stuart Allen Clark. I keep having to look down at his name that I wrote down.
1: And if Pastor Clark would, uh, if he didn't want to speak that day, he could have just popped on Kanye West's song, The New Workout Plan, and everyone would have gotten the same message. So next time, just pop that song on, same message comes across. No?
0: I'm silent because I don't get the joke.
1: Okay. Well, hopefully somebody out there does. (laughs) (laughs) You don't. Hopefully somebody else does.
0: That's, see, this is multi-layered, uh, appealing to audience right here. Perfect. You know, I, I'm not even getting it, but <laughs> I'm sure somebody did. Thank you for the call, Logan. We appreciate it.
4: Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Victoria from Portland, Oregon. Um, I've listened to you guys for a really long time now. Um, you're my favorite, my favorite uh, parasocial um relationship that I have, so I'm really happy to be calling in for the first time, but um you were talking about the pastor talking about trophy wives. Well, I have opinions on this, so um I got married when I was really young um right away, I really we realized that something was wrong, and he was raised in the Catholic Church, so red flag number one don't know how I didn't see that coming uh again, I was really young. So um we went through counseling. I felt like I wasn't enough. Um my husband was really repressed sexually growing up. Um you know taught that dick was evil, I don't know, it's something. Um you talk about cementing a young brain with these types of messages, definitely true. We went through um counseling with his, uh with the Catholic Church or um you know, I realized now that he had an addiction to porn at the time, I was made to feel like I wasn't enough. I'm um, 21, I, I was 21 years old. I didn't, I had no frame of reference for the world. So I felt, um, you know, looking back at it now, I was, I was, I was an object. I was, I was, I was a trophy. And so when I wasn't able to perform to his porn addiction, um, it was really damaging, you know. I was comparing myself to this standard that wasn't real. Um, the counseling, the counseling that we received, really was about how I wasn't trying hard enough, um, sexually, um, physically, with makeup. Um, it was all a bunch of bullshit, of course. But it, I really took that to heart, and it, it affected me for many, many years. Um, Ten years on now, I'm, I'm in a much better place thankfully um left that relationship and i'm doing much better now but um my advice to anybody that's listening if you're in some type of situation like this is that you see counseling outside of the church um there are you are enough there are alternatives to what the church is telling you um we're as women we're not objects we're people we've got uh (laughs) just like men There's no standard for men. Well, there is, but not quite in the same way. You know how expensive it is to be a woman and (laughs) to wear makeup and do your hair? Anyway, uh, we're not objects with people. And if you're feeling this pressure from your boyfriend you or husband, you need to dump him or seek real counseling.
1: Wow.
0: I don't know if that was a cutoff or she just ended it right there, but that's a that's a perfect place to end it.
1: I wanted to hear more, though. I feel like Victoria... So not a
0: perfect place to end it.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think that Victoria has so much advice to give that could be beneficial for people to hear. And, I mean, summarizing her experience so beautifully, but then going on to talk about what she had learned from this very painful experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the key that Victoria talked about there is... Many people that, that have these experiences that do seek counseling through the church report similar experiences as, as Victoria, where, and you heard it from Pastor Clark, that's the last name that ends, Stuart right? Stuart
0: Allen Clark.
1: Clark yeah. Um, That he w- viewed the problem from the perspective of what is the woman doing or not doing? That's how he situates himself in the room with a couple. Yeah, yeah is what is this woman doing or not doing? Rather than what's this problem between the couple that they're working together to prop up that I need to kind of step into with them to help them dismantle. Yeah. He's seeing the woman as the problem. And oftentimes in Victoria, it sounds like she had the same experience. That's what happens in those rooms. So I think her advice of if this is something you notice in your experience in counseling in the church seek outside counseling. Yeah, I, I
0: I would say unless your pastor or whatever counselor that you're going to see that is a church-based individual as a professional if you're going to seek them out, uh, unless they're actually trained and have education in the, in the subject matter, don't go see that person. Go see someone who has an actual skill set and education um surrounding counseling because it's it's not Counseling isn't because, you know, everybody knows I'm an expert on this matter, <laughs> but counseling isn't life coaching. That's not what therapy is. I mean, well, I would hope so. Yeah, it's not. Well, you know, I want to be a therapist because everybody asks me what to do in my life and in their <laughs> life and they, they really want my advice on things. That's Tony fucking Robbins. That's not what a therapist is. That's not what a marriage and family therapist does, and I can say this because I'm married to a marriage and family therapist, and I'm an expert now.:
1: Oh, okay.: <laughs> Well, I, as a therapist, Jesse, um, I think some of what you're saying is definitely true. Um, don't I don't mention
0: any of the stuff that you don't agree with.
1: Okay, well, Otherwise, we're
0: going to have to set an appointment with Stuart Allen Clark. Yeah,
1: obviously, uh, therapists are going to have different approaches, and there's going to be therapists that take more of a life coach uh, orientation to the way that they do their work. I I prefer not to do that, but some people do that. Uh, What I think is important is when you are seeking a counselor, don't be afraid to ask them about their qualifications, what they have experience working with, and talking about your problem specifically and asking them what they can do to assist in that way. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask those questions. It's not
0: an offensive thing.
1: It's not and if you're going to be paying for the service or your your insurance is going to be billed for the service, you have a right to know what your treatment is going to entail. Yeah.
0: Can I can I give a um a metaphor? Sure. Because it, it is it, it's not about a ch- it's not a challenge to the person. If you drive a Volvo, And you drive it to a a, 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 a mechanic that works specifically on Toyotas, you'd want to ask him, hey, have you ever worked on a Volvo before?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Or are you just Toyotas? Mm -hmm. And the problems people present with are much like that. You don't want to go to someone who specializes in eating disorders if you have um, deep sexual trauma that you're trying to, to, to heal. You want to go to someone who has a, an expertise in that specific area, or at least uh, in an area that's going to benefit you. I I would say, right?
1: Well, I mean, in the example that you just gave, Popeye just scared the shit out of me. He's stuck in here under the table. He's I'm been, sorry.
0: He's been laying in bed in there, whining in the other room. I can hear it even through my headphones.
1: Yeah, normally he doesn't get out of bed until we invite him out of bed. So I just <laughs> am shocked that that happened. Um, the example that you gave about... Um, someone specializing in eating disorders being different from someone who specializes in childhood trauma. Those, th- those two things are not necessarily uh, mutually exclusive. Yeah, those things often go together. I
0: couldn't think of um another, those are the two examples that came to mind.
1: Yeah. So ba- the basic point here being you want to make sure that you are comfortable enough to ask those questions about whether, They can assist in this particular way, and oftentimes you'll get kind of a feel. I mean, if you were to ask a pastor that question, I don't know if Pastor Clark would show his hand in in an initial conversation like that, or if he would kind of hold back and try to sell you on the idea of what he would do, and then you actually get in the room, and then he's blaming you for all the problems. Um, So it's kind of tough in this situation, but I, I hope more people become comfortable having the initial conversation, at least, of this is what's going on with me. What's your experience in working with people who have these, these concerns? And what might the work together look like? Those are fair questions to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that that's, that's fair to say. And Victoria, awesome advice for the audience. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. And we really appreciate your call.
0: Absolutely. All right, moving on. I Doubt It is an independent podcast supported by listeners like you via
3: Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time.
0: If you find the show informative, entertaining, or both, go to dollamore.com Patreon and choose the contribution level that's right for you.
1: We would like to thank our two new Patreon supporters, KCB. KCB! And Karen R.
0: Karen R.
1: Thank you so very much for your beautiful contributions on Patreon. We did get our second return envelope for the stickers.
0: Seriously, as much (laughs) as I think that Louis DeJoy is a vile, vile man. Yeah. Something is going. I mean, maybe it is what we talked about. Maybe they are just like, oh, that got returned. Yeah, just throw that away. (laughs) Because this is remarkable.
1: It only two so far, and I think that that's probably all we're going to get because it's been enough time. I I think we would have gotten
0: <laughs> you would think,
1: yeah. So if you received your stickers, please send us a photo of where they end up to the various social media channels.
0: Please,
1: yes, at I doubt it podcast at Dollamore at Brittany E Page. We would love to see where they end up. We've seen them on water bottles, on laptops. I think the most memorable place we've ever seen one end up, though, is in a bathroom, on a bathroom trash can. Do you remember that one?
0: Was that in, like, Nashville or something?
1: I'm not sure where it was, but it was on a bathroom trash can in a bar.
0: I was telling um someone I was talking to the other day, messaging with, and they said, oh, they got their sticker and they're going to put it in somewhere super hilarious. Oh, and then they were asking her, I said that I've only bumped into one in the wild, and it was in Boise. So it's, you know, there was a lot of them in Boise, because when we first started, that was, uh, the listener base was, you know, people we knew. Yeah. And uh, it was a little wild, We you know, in the pizza place downtown. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. was uh, like, oh, holy shit, that's weird. Yeah. That's me, everybody. <laughs> Every drunk person in line waiting yeah. for a slice of pizza. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So let us know where they end up. We really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for... The Patreon support, the support on PayPal, and just listening to the show and interacting with us—we got several calls this time that we uh, from people that we hadn't heard from before, and that's always great. I mean, we love hearing from people we've heard from before, but we also love hearing from the new listeners. What are you saying, Brittany? That we, (laughs) the new listeners that we know, you're out there and you want to call in, but maybe there's some trepidation there, and. Just take it from all the people that you heard from today. Uh, Some of them were new, and they...
0: All of them were new.
1: All of them were new, and it all went okay for them. Everything was fine. So take it from them, and put that phone number in your phone, 657-464-7609, and put the email in your phone, it at dollamore.com. Speaking
0: of new callers, we have one remaining phone call.
5: Hi guys, uh, my name's John. I'm <sighs> sorry. Uh, my name's John. Uh, I go to a small rural school up in northern Maine. Uh, I listen to your podcast a lot because I'm surrounded by a lot of very heavy conservatives, a lot of um, heavy Trump people that I uh, just will not listen to anything else. Um, so just having, you know, a voice of reason around is. Nice to listen to. Um, I just wanted to comment on, uh, Tucker Carlson and his comments about pregnant women, uh, serving in the military. Um, a uh, douchebags never served a life, you know, served a minute in his entire life. Um, so he shouldn't be commenting. And it, it's just that's kind of that whole mentality of I think most of the people that complain about. Uh, women in the military or women serving in combat roles and all that aren't serving and have never served. And most people that I've talked to that have served have zero complaints about it Um because they know at the end of the day, your race, your color, your sexual orientation, none of that matters. It matters when you do your job. And that's the most important part. And uh it's really frustrating when people just try to come up with all these reasons why someone shouldn't serve and they themselves aren't serving. Because it's like, okay, if you're so convinced that X, Y, or Z shouldn't be allowed to serve, why the hell don't you join up? Um, I, I, I don't I kind of liken it a little bit to like people that complain about female Eagle Scouts. Because I'm very involved with the Boy Scouts of America; have been my entire life. And there's all these people. As soon as Boy Scouts opened up uh, their program to women, which I think is fantastic because I know plenty of women in my life that I think deserve Eagle Scout more than some of the Eagle Scouts I've met, some of my fellow Eagle Scouts, and then, you know, every time I ask them, okay, why do you think this, their answer is, oh, well, it's in the name. It's Boy Scouts of America, and I'm like, if that's your entire argument and that's all you're basing it off of, just shut up because you don't you don't know what the hell you're talking about, Um I kind of just liken it to that, I, and I don't know how to address it. It really really bothers me a lot, you know, know, both with the female serving in the military and combat roles and, you know, female Eagle Scouts. And as someone being involved with both organizations, both the military and and the Boy Scouts of America, I don't know how to address that problem, and I don't know how to address that with a lot of my peers up here, you know, where I'm just surrounded by it, you know, all the time. And I don't want to express my views on it because I don't want to call attention to myself. Um, so I just, I don't know if you have any advice on how to, you know, express that opinion and try to, you know, change people's minds and educate.
2: Oh, no.
1: So this is something I'm going to obviously defer to Jesse on because uh, marriage does not mean that I am now an expert on the military. In fact, <laughs> you know, there's there's something that happens where when people get together, they take on a lot of the, like... Um, Characteristics of the other person are like values, or and it's that's natural, but of, interests, interests. And oftentimes, I notice like when one person is in the military and the other is not, the non military person becomes very rah rah military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that can happen, did not happen in this relationship. Yeah, uh, people yeah. ask me, like, oh, Jesse was a Marine, what did he do? And I'm like, I don't. Uh... We can call him and ask him what he did because I don't, I don't know what he did.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, well, yeah.
1: I mean, I know, I know a little bit, but people often want specifics, especially if they They were in the military. And I'm like, I can't, I can't go there with you. And they're shocked. Yeah, they're like, like, why don't you know? Why don't you know what he did? I'm like, well, we don't. Talk about I, it. I, that's all not the what time. I do anymore.
0: There's much more interesting things about me <laughs> than that.
1: Yeah. So what? what do you think, Jesse D. As a former Marine?
0: Well, I did a, I did a video about this uh, Tucker Carlson thing. In fact, let's play the 38 second clip of what John from Maine is talking about. Here's Tucker Carlson on the most popular program in the history of Fox News is Tucker Carlson's. Here it is. So we've got new hairstyles and maternity flight suits. Pregnant women are going to fight our wars. It's a mockery of the U.S. military. While China's military becomes more masculine as it's assembled the world's largest navy, our military needs to become, as Joe Biden says, more feminine. Whatever feminine means anymore, since men and women no longer exist. The bottom line is it's out of control, and the Pentagon's going along with this. Again, this is a mockery of the U.S. military and its core mission, which is winning wars. One of the few people who's been paying attention to this is someone who served in the U.S. military, Indiana Congressman Jim Banks. And then they get Jim Banks on there, who, by the way, is just a just a, a Trump buttlicker. There's all these pictures of him just looking longingly. It must be an Indiana politician thing.
1: Did you say bootlicker or butt? Oh, I said buttlicker. Okay,
0: Just did, tongue all up in there.
1: Is he? Did he serve?
0: Yeah, yeah. He oh. he was like a lieutenant in the Navy, uh, a, a low rank. He was a low ranking officer in the Navy. It's not like he was a career guy who, it doesn't matter how long he served. He served whatever, but he didn't, he wasn't there to even talk about this masculine, uh, issue. He was there to talk about Ibram X. Kendi. Oh. And, um, um, critical race theory being taught, like, uh, or, or some uh, high ranking Navy officer put, Imram X. Kendi's How to Be Anti-Racist book on a reading list. Hmm. Not a mandatory, just a suggested, hey, this would be a good book for you to read. Yeah. And he was all, oh, I'm all up in arms about it because he's he's instructing sailors to hate America because that's what the book apparently is about.
1: hating America. So you can't even make suggestions of things for people to read now. If you look
0: at your history with clear eyes, open eyes, about some of the, the wrongs and the horrors that we visited upon populations that we absolutely have done then you hate America. Well, these To love America, you must ignore all the bad parts. Well,
1: these people, Tucker Carlson, whoever goes on his show, they're so worried about accusing the other side of being constantly offended. And then all I just heard was a segment about feeling offended that a book was suggested as reading material. Right. It was a suggestion. Well, the
0: the segment about the masculinization or whatever the fuck, I mean, whatever, uh, it's very weird because he's, he's touting a Chinese official who said they need more masculine males hmm. and that their their little boys are being coddled by their mothers and blah, 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 and they need to be more masculine. And then I guess China – I mean, if you listen to Tucker Carlson, China instituted this to, to make their military more masculine. Uh, it just – he's saying Joe Biden says we want, want a more feminine military – What Joe Biden was talking about in the speech that Tucker played before he scoffed and moved on was we need to make a military more appealing to women so they stick around. Because we have an all-volunteer military, and it's tougher these days than it used to be, to keep people in the military. Hmm. So you need to appeal. I I know only about the Marine Corps that there was a very strict hair policy on what hairstyles were or were not acceptable especially for women with men it's it's easy you just buzz your fucking it's very very simple but mm-hmm. with women there are it, it's a, a more complex issue mm-hmm. and so if they're making maternity flight suits so you can be pregnant and still serve in the military which why the fuck not mm-hmm. I, I just it, it's such manufactured outrage again like you're talking about it's uh the outraged woke left. Well, this is the exact same thing on the other side, except this truly is manufactured. This isn't outrage over racism. This is outrage over a flight suit that fits differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the next thing he's gonna do if is is bitch about bell bottoms in the Navy. <laughs> That's a weird style. I don't like that. Harumph.
1: Yeah. Well, and he he's not actually making an argument, uh, like he's not actually saying what the problem is, which is interesting because I guess he's just assuming that there's an implicit assumption on the part of his audience that they're all in agreement that women, particularly pregnant women, are weak and inferior.
0: And a mockery.
1: And yeah, a mockery. And he doesn't even need to make the argument; he just kind of dances around it and then, you know, winks. And yeah. knows that his audience is going to understand what he's getting at. And that's, that's pretty scary.
0: It is just so... It, it will never cease to fascinate me. These people who are obsessed with traditional masculinity. Who have the softest, most delicate, lotioned hands. <laughs> who've never done a single day of actual work in their life. Who could not withstand the rigors of any of our services boot camps. Air Force included. Oh. For fucking Tucker Carlson. Shut the fuck up, you little coward. You little weakling. You pencil neck freak. Shut up. The military doesn't need your advocacy, dickhole.
1: Number one show on Fox.
0: In the history of the network, number one, M- bigger and more popular than O'Reilly than any program. It, it's really remarkable. A
1: prominent influence on conservative thinking.
0: And, and then to, to to go back to John's kind of, I guess, the crux of the question that I I was seething. So you know, it's hard for me to pay attention. Um, you don't. I'm, there's no advice for how you answer these arguments because. When someone is not entering into a discussion or an argument in good faith, John, there's nothing you can say to sway them from their position. So I would say put, uh, uh, brush them to the side and, and march forward.
1: Yeah. Well, in, in similar along similar lines, there's no starting point for the argument. What did Tucker Carlson offer up other than scoffing and being a dick? Like he, he didn't make a point. So there's no point really to argue.
0: Right. He doesn't even define ter- what, what exactly is masculine. Tucker Carlson what is mask
1: what is it yeah well and he he kind of uh, the point that he's making gets convoluted because he himself is like well uh, men and women don't exist so he who even knows what we're talking about here like well we're actually gonna need to break that down a little bit and if you had time one-on-one with Tucker you could kind of back him into a, a, a corner
0: I'd back him into a fucking corner all right but
1: it he likely would continue to do what he does and dance around the issue and you wouldn't be able to get anywhere and that's the difficult thing. But, I mean, as a starting point, what's, what's even the argument that he's making other than women are weak and inferior and, and deserving to be laughed at?
0: And a mockery. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Listen, I, I said it on the video, but I know many – I served with many women in the Marine Corps who would beat him within an inch of his life, mm-hmm. who are not masculine the way he looks at it, but are still capable – who are uh, a contributing member of the United States Marine Corps family. And he, again, should shut his fucking pie hole.
1: Well, this also reminds me of people who have been in a lot of fights will tell you, oftentimes, this is not always the case, but I've noticed a pattern among people that have been in a lot of fights, that they're able to recognize that the most difficult fights they've been in or the fights where they've come closest to losing or having their ass beat or they have had their ass beat have been by people that are smaller than them.
0: <laughs> that has been my experience. <laughs>
1: and well, and I first learned this lesson from my mom, who was six feet tall, two hundred and twenty pounds, someone who often got into physical altercations in public with people throughout yeah. her throughout her life, as, yeah. even as an adult. And she would tell me the same thing. Like she would tell us that as kids to not Assume based on someone's size that because you're bigger than them, that you're tougher than them, or you're more capable than them. That that is not the way to assess the situation. And you have Tucker kind of falling into that trap because he's a Swanson boy, and he Swanson
0: frozen foods.
1: And uh, he's probably he's a Swanson boy. He's probably not been in a lot of situations where he's he's need needed to be physically capable. And so he hasn't learned some of these lessons. I mean, he, he, doesn't, still, even,
0: he doesn't even use his hands to open the, the bag of frozen peas. He uses, like, kitchen shears.
1: He still <laughs> he still views the world in these terms of, I'm a man, I'm big and strong, you know? Yeah. Um, and sure, that's certainly the case on average, that Tucker Carlson would be stronger. But, I mean, come on now. We, we're going to have to start... Well,
0: we're getting into a whole other thing, Brittany, that strength doesn't even equate to physical capability relative to these matters.
1: Yeah. So it it's just, and that's the thing. Tucker wouldn't want to sit down and have a conversation about this. He just wants to have these snippy little talking points that feed into the culture war yeah. and that make his audience more aggrieved.
0: Absol- absolutely. Ugh, he's the fucking worst. White supremacist too. I mean, let's not forget his vile uh, white supremacist uh, alt-right, just putrid bile that gets spewed from his mouth about the replacement, the the, the great replacement and white genocide. And it's, it's goddamn nonsense. Mm-hmm. Dangerous, dangerous nonsense. Anyway, we'd love it for you. That's the end of the call. 657-464-7609. Email us. A voice memo from your smartphone. I doubt it at dollamore.com. All right. Uh... I think we should wrap the show, but I don't want to leave everybody on a shitty note. So we've got both Asshole of Today and Taking Care of Biz.
1: It's the asshole of today. Matt Rowan.
0: Matt Rowan, acclaimed basketball announcer for a high school.
1: Uh, I was gonna say, you know <laughs> about
0: him? No, he's just some ding dong who does who calls high school basketball games.
1: Okay, yeah, he is the owner of OSBN, the live streaming platform that broadcasted a high school basketball game that he used racial slurs when he was uh, caught on a hot mic, and this happened for an Oklahoma high school girls basketball game and and what happened was they're starting the game the national anthem starts to play and so the broadcasters obviously are not typically talking during the national anthem especially conservative ones because of course the national anthem I mean it's so important and you know, uh,
0: it's a point I didn't even think of But so they're course, running their mouths during the national anthem yeah
1: they're gonna be quiet they're gonna respect that process especially when they're complaining that the team is kneeling during the national so disrespectful similarly like talking would be right <laughs> Um,
0: Not paying correct homage yes. To the song To the song
1: Yes And so Matt Rowan you're gonna, you're gonna hear him in this audio here Is criticizing This high school basketball team For kneeling during the national anthem And during that He's going to use racial slurs So I think the first one Is gonna be inaudible But then he uses it again And you're gonna be able to hear it The second time It's about a minute and 26 seconds
0: And we will be right back here live after the national anthem, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Okay. Wow. Flipping on that announcer voice. So I couldn't hear it again. I couldn't hear. I heard it. Okay. So it's I-
0: toward the 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 last two thirds of the clip.
1: Yeah. So he says the N word twice. That's what he
0: fucking N words. Yes. Is what and he
1: says. so I'm gonna read some of his apology. At first, he denied that he was the one caught on the hot mic saying these things. Yeah.
0: Like he doesn't have a comp- an absolutely recognizable twang and pitch to his voice. Come on.
1: So this is his statement, and this is the uh, information that he provides about why this happened. Quote, during the Norman High School girls basketball game against Midwest City, I made inappropriate and racist comments, believing that the microphone was off. However, <laughs> is,
0: that's not the excuse, right? <laughs> well, listen, I, the reason it happened is because I thought the microphone was off.
1: <laughs> However, let me state immediately, that is no excuse. Such comments should never have been uttered. I have not only embarrassed and disappointed myself, I have embarrassed and disappointed my family and my friends. I will state that I suffer type 1 diabetes.
0: Oh, wow! He's not going with the, oh, I've suffered from exhaustion. He's blaming it on diabetes. And
1: during the game, my sugar was spiking.
0: Wilford Brimley would be very disappointed right now.
1: While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I do not believe that I would have made such horrible statements absent my sugar spiking. Wow.
0: Well, you know, historians have long contended that... If not for Hitler's diabetes, World War II would have gone really a different way.
1: Yeah. You know, I've (laughs) seen a lot of academic papers in the literature about the relationship between type 1 diabetes and racial utterances. It's (laughs) definitely something that I've seen in the literature. No, it's not. That is the most absurd excuse that I have ever heard. And there's been a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. But my sugar spiking... Prompted me to use racial slurs. Normally,
0: I don't care if anybody kneels for the national anthem. <laughs> right. But I needed a cookie, y'all.
1: Yeah. Listen, I have a tattoo of Colin Kaepernick, and this is just very unusual. I needed some orange juice. Okay. Please.
0: Diabetes. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. Of course, um, this guy is uh, a dumb fuck and asshole of today.
1: I mean, I hope there's no one in his life that said. Please don't release this statement. Honestly, just stop. It's time for the self-reflection. It's time to do some work on yourself. Please do not blame this on your diabetes. Please.
0: Well, no one would think to say that because that's such a ridiculous thing to do. While it's no excuse, I needed a cookie. (laughs) Anyway, uh, what a dipshit. All right. And to prove that not everyone is an asshole in our world, we'll finish the show with this
1: taken care of biz vaccine altruists
0: vaccine that music's real loud in your headphones
1: i know i screamed you were screaming i'm sorry that's okay it's so loud is it not that loud (laughs) it's loud in the headphones okay (laughs) because in <laughs> vaccine altruist. <laughs> <laughs> because I, uh,
0: I I lower the volume in post. I should probably fix the clip. You, you should know. probably fix what it. What are you so. gonna
1: do? No, you should lower it for sure, but make sure it sounds like I'm screaming.
0: Oh yeah, I'll probably <laughs> in post make you sound extra screaming. Well,
1: uh, you know what? I'm like still, I have
0: time for that. I'm
1: still thinking about the previous um, segment with asshole of today because you know, Snickers has that commercial that they do where someone is like in a bad mood and yelling. You're angry they... or whatever. Yeah, and then they have the Snickers and then they're back to normal.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're and... Like you're a drama queen and they're. it's like the queen playing football or yeah, something. Yeah, I wonder yeah.
1: if he saw one of those commercials before writing his statement and was like, oh, this is the perfect opportunity. <laughs> I just needed a Snickers. Yeah. And people have seen the commercial. They'll get it. They understand. So you
0: thought of that joke while the intro for for Taking Care of Biz was playing. Well so you had to get it in. I
1: thought of the idea, yeah. See, so- this is
0: how on the fly we do things. <laughs> we don't nothing's written down. Okay. But that joke was so good. Yeah. Snickers satisfied.
1: Mm, okay. This so- episode brought
0: to you by Snickers.
1: <laughs> this time I get shit on at the end. Okay. I did it to myself. So, um, <laughs> vaccine altruists who... No, no, no,
0: Brittany. Vaccine <laughs> altruists.
1: Yeah. They are, um, volunteers that are coming together to help people find access to vaccines And it's just these little groups of people all over the country that are stepping up and filling a need because they want to kind of take away the stigma that appointments aren't available or that they're impossible to get. Yeah. And they want to make it easy for people. And there was this one article in particular that I saw, um, KHN.org about this group of vaccine altruists in California that are helping people find appointments. And, one of the things that they mentioned was that these volunteers can probably get you an appointment for a vaccine within 48 hours if you qualify. And that by helping people, they're starting to kind of uh, not only assist them in getting more people vaccinated, but also taking away that stigma of this process is so confusing, it's overwhelming, I don't know how I'm going to get my vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, Meghan McCain, co-host of The View.
0: Yeah, Megan McCain.
1: She was talking about that recently, about how she's so confused by the system. Maybe one of these volunteers can reach out to her and help her get on a list so that she can become aware of when she's eligible for her vaccine when she is ready for it. What
0: episode was that?
1: It's too late. Again, this is another joke we didn't prep for, and so you're not going to be able to... I'm Megan McCain, co-host of The View.
0: Nope. I got it.
1: Yeah, you found it, but you... (laughs)
0: Way late.
1: You were late, and you were working really hard to find it. Totally late. You know what? Maybe the one-star reviewers are right. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I think they're right.
0: No, definitely not right. We
1: could have better production value. We could could prepare our little jokes in advance, and then we'd be prepared for them.
0: I'm not doing that.
1: Look at you with your fucking jokes. Move on. Okay, so... (laughs) So, I just want to recognize the volunteer groups that are helping to expand vaccines to low income, disabled, isolated people that are struggling to find. Access in the midst of the pandemic.
0: Or don't even have the ability to find the access.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you've also seen kids. There's been um, segments about kids. Yeah. Who have kind of stepped up and started doing this. I know there was one high school kid. It may be the same one that you're referencing, Jesse, where he w- would come home, finish his homework, and then dedicate a certain amount of time before he went to bed to helping uh, sign people up for their yeah, vaccine like appointments. In the
0: article, they featured him like sitting at the kitchen table. With a yeah. bunch of papers and shit in front of him. Yeah, I saw that article. Great. yeah. So Fantastic.
1: There, so there's one organization, Get Out the Shot, Los Angeles. This is a group that... <laughs> Los Angeles. What? I feel like I said Los Angeles. It's getting to be the end of the show it and is, everything it, is falling well, apart. Well, it's not
0: getting to be. It is the end of the show. So
1: anyway, that's one of these groups. And if you are struggling to find a vaccine for yourself or your Especially confused,
0: if you live in Los Angeles...
1: Then you can look for one of these volunteer organizations that are popping up, and I am sure that they can assist with that process. Yeah. I know in California, you can go to My Turn, the website is My Turn uh, something. If you just Google my turn, California, you can actually register through the website and it puts you on the list so that when you are eligible based on the criteria, they will send you an email
2: Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: and let you know. So California has that system. I'm sure other states are creating a similar system. And as the vaccines become more available, you know, every adult by May.
0: Biden also just directed the states and territories and, you know, every colony that we've (laughs) interjected ourselves onto to uh, have every adult eligible for the vaccine by May 1st. So good news all around.
1: Yeah. So this is taking care of biz because it shows that even in the midst of the pandemic, when so many people have behaved selfishly and contribute to contributed to over a, half a million people dying in a year of the coronavirus, yeah. and uh, creating these new strains that have popped up that we now have to worry about simply because they won't follow basic public health safety measures, uh, that there still are good people who say, people are confused, people are hurting, I know how to operate these systems, I know how to find information, and I will do that for people. So shout out to all of the vaccine altruists who are working with people who are struggling to find shots to help them get that shot in their arm.
0: Absolutely. And with that, we're going to leave you. We would invite you to communicate with the show. If you have never called in, we really would love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Email us. Voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. we sure to love you guys. We appreciate you. We would encourage you to consider supporting our work here. You can go to patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast. There you can choose a tier. All kinds of good stuff. We would invite you to help produce the show and help us move the conversation forward on an episode-by-episode basis from this Los Angeles regional-based podcast. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt